So it gives a voice to communities that haven't had a voice mm -hmm. in, in for many years. So these are communities that have been marginalized from the public discourse. The Ethicist Corner, a new podcast brought to you by the Kegley Institute of Ethics. So welcome to the Ethicist Corner podcast in which we discuss ethics in everyday life. My guest today is Reina Ologas, uh, Executive Director of South Kern Seoul. Reina, first I just want to say welcome and, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Michael, for inviting me. So Reina, to start, just for our listeners who don't know you personally or haven't met you, um, tell us a bit about your background. Um, where were you born? Where did you mm -hmm. grow up? So I was born in Durango, Mexico. And um, when I was very small, my parents brought me to the United States. I was about a year old. When my parents brought me, we ended up going to a small town um, called Wesley, California. The population was 500, and I was very happy and excited when we um, finally got to move fr from Wesley because my dad got a job as a truck driver mm -hmm. in um in Shafter. I went to Shafter High School and then I ended up graduating from South High School. And then I graduated. I went to Cal State Bakersfield. I studied political science and I minored in communication. Mm -hmm. So how did you how did you end up getting into work as a journalist? And um, maybe in that response, you can talk a bit about how South Kern Seoul was mm -hmm. was founded, how you came to start working with South Kern Seoul. Right after I finished Cal State Bakersfield, I got an internship with Radio Campesina. And I would um, develop the public service announcements for the community. And I, was, I love to do those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just learning how to record them and, and just being engaged in that kind of stuff. And I went to work in Telemundo for, for two months. I, was an, a, I got a special internship with them, mm -hmm. which was my entry to like that big mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And then I applied for, for the South Council position. Mm -hmm. And I, I got the interview and I didn't get it. But I always knew that I wanted to work with media. And then I thought, okay, well, what do I do? So I ended up going back to Cal State Bakersfield to get my master's in public administration. I applied again for the South Council position because it became opened. And they said, why do you think we should give you this position now? And I said, well, because now I have a master's in public administration with a focus in nonprofit management. Mm -hmm. And they gave it to me. And it was life changing. And I really felt that I had that heart yeah. to do it, um, to work with young people and amplify their voices. So, yeah. And I want to ask you, like, I mean, this is something that I think is particularly interesting about South Kern Seoul. So this, you know, media organization in our region that is committed to working with youth voices, youth reporters, cultivating their voices. And then also, as I understand it, representing stories that impact marginalized communities um, in Kern County and beyond that maybe might not otherwise get extensive coverage mm -hmm. in other media. So talk a bit, can you, can you tell us a bit about why you think those areas of focus are so important? So why do you, for those who don't know, work with youth reporters so much? And why is it so important to cover the stories yeah. you cover? What distinctively are you doing in that way? Yeah, I, I think it's very important. And, and the reason it's so important is because South Kern Seoul gives a voice to communities that haven't had a voice mm -hmm. in, in for many years. So these are communities that have been marginalized from the public discourse mm -hmm. um, for, for several reasons. Number one, maybe they just don't know how to navigate media or they don't know that they that there's a conversation happening every day in the Bakersfield, California and in the opinion section, or they just don't feel that confident to submit a story, mm -hmm. right? And so so what we do is that we train youth to to lift up their voices 
they come in and they write about the stories that are close to their hearts. Mm -hmm. So if they are in their community, if they're if they received a letter from the school district letting them know that the water um, is not safe to drink, they they will you know that becomes an issue that impacts them. Yeah. They come in and they tell me they want to write about that. And so you know we guide them. What you know you should interview the current high school district and ask them what are they going to do about it. The other reason why also South Kern Sol is important is because we're seeing a very b big change in media. A lot of our newsrooms are shrinking. Yeah. There's also newsrooms that are just non-existent anymore that were there at one point. For example, um, Reed Printing used to be uh, used to publish the Lamont Reporter and the Arben Tiller, but they went out of business a few years ago. And when we came in, they were in business and they would publish our stories in their in their newspaper. But now they're gone. So who holds these boards that are that are having meetings every day or, you know, every week accountable? Who um, who's reporting on the decisions that are being made on behalf of all of the mm -hmm. of, this, of the residents? Mm -hmm. You know, who's reporting these stories? Right. I think that, you know, for, for the most part, the future of media could be nonprofit. Yeah. Um, because we're seeing that printing, it, it's just not sustainable for yeah. a lot of these uh, media outlets. Yeah. So given, yeah, I mean, it, you, you mentioned kind of the, I guess sometimes people refer to that as the, for lack of a better term, kind of like the, the watchdog function of journalist and media, right? Where you make sure you're keeping kind of government entities, public entities honest about what they're doing. And you, you know, you make sure the public is informed about what's happening so they can make uh, informed decisions about their communities and how they want to be involved and what's going on, right? How do you, I know you mentioned youth reporters bringing stories to you, right? But I imagine there's lots of stories that could be covered. So how do you choose like amongst like stories that you think are really important for your your organization? Like, I mean, are there are there times where you you, know, you have to choose amongst several and you have some type of criteria or aesthetic criteria in mind? Where you're like, that's that's what works mm -hmm. for us. And this doesn't. How do you make those kind of decisions? We first give the option to young people, right? They come into the editorial meeting, they're seeing something in the news and they want to write about something that mm -hmm. they're seeing in the news or something that their their neighbor told them. And so so it's that's how stories come to fruition in South Kern Seoul. The way that we decide what we report on is the impact, right? So for example, one thing that came on is the the GEO they're trying to expand and turn to prisons to prisons into detention centers. Mm -hmm. So that's a big issue. We saw the very big turnout that the first hearing, you know, brought so many people in. So we know that that impacts community. We want to make sure that the communities that are most most vulnerable are those are the issues that we want to cover. That's a very broad mm -hmm. spectrum. So we decide, you know, it's it's around um, health care access. It's mm -hmm. about immigration. It's about um, LGBTQ uh, rights. So we want to make sure that we're lifting those mm -hmm. those issues up. Mm -hmm. If we see, like for example, that. Um, we know if there's an issue that comes up and KRO or, or our local mainstream news outlets are covering it, we, we say, no, that's something that they're going to cover anyways. We're good. We want to cover the, the stuff that's not being covered right. and lift it up and, and give it visibility. Got you. And is there... Is there an example of like a recent story, you know, in South Korean Seoul? Uh, I know there's, I mean, I've, I've read your, your, I visit your site. I've read many of your articles and I'm a fan of the work you do and the work your reporters do. Is there an example of a recent article that comes to mind for you that you're like, this kind of captures kind of something that's distinctive about us. Like, and if you want to know, you could like read this article and get a sense of what I mean. Is there something that comes to mind for you? Yeah, one of them, um, this just happened uh, two weeks ago, right? The, mm -hmm. Again, with the GEO hearing in McFarland, mm -hmm. we, we received four different opinion editorials from 13-year-olds from McFarland. Mm. You know, they decided to send them to South Kern Seoul. 
I think that's the reason why we're here because young people know that this is their platform mm -hmm. to lift up an issue that, that impacts them. Mm -hmm. And they send us their story and when they send their story, they're a little bit worried, right? They, they, they say, is this going to be good enough? But then we help them edit the story a little bit yeah. to make it better and um, and then we put it out there and yeah. they're so proud. That yeah. story appeared in El Popular. It was They were all translated to Spanish. Mm -hmm. And um, this week they're going to appear in the Bakersfield News Observer, which is really, really cool because now, you know, what does that, what is that going to do for those students? It's going to empower them and it's going to encourage them to send us more stories and right. to lift up their voices. Yeah. And it can be such a special thing to see your words in print too, right? Your I mean, name. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your name. That's fantastic. For those of us, for the, our listeners who don't know, so Reina is also one of our, we're going to be acknowledging her and the work of South Korean Seoul at the ninth annual Wendy Wayne Ethics Award on March 25th. And I wanted to ask you, given that, that award is about kind of, you know, ethics and ethical leadership, what are some of the ways that you think about ethics as, as relevant to the work that you do, um, either as, as a leader of an organization or in the reporting practices or however you want to interpret that? How does, how does ethics inform the work you do with South Korean Seoul? Yeah, um, for me, I think it's, it's we take every story and we want facts. Mm. We want, you know, real stuff that impacts community and it's vulnerable communities. That's mm -hmm. the, the gist of South Korean Seoul. So, so we can't, for example, I, I don't, wouldn't feel comfortable publishing a story, but not including the youth a youth or community perspective, uh -huh. right? The people that are impacted the most, because we see that that happens very often in our mainstream media, because for, for many for many different reasons, sometimes they don't have access to the community members, right? Or they don't know who to interview because they have very short deadlines, but we are the community. So we want to make sure that we want to lift that story up. And I think that's how I how I do it. Mm -hmm. I do it um, another way that I do it um, when we do receive funding from foundations. Yeah. One of the very big things that I am very um, I feel very strongly is not um, allowing them to have any editorial control. Yeah. Of right. our content. Yeah. So they can come and say, hey, write this story about this. We can't do that. We will take, you know, of course, we, you know, they people send us public uh, um, press releases mm -hmm. and we determine if we want to publish it. Mm -hmm. um, if we don't, we don't. And it's OK. And um, I love that I could put that line between our our uh, editor, our content mm -hmm. and the foundations, the folks that fund us. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of your, your comment there and I can relate to that some actually in terms of, you know, part of my work in the Institute is fundraising. And so when you have donors, sometimes you need to have those conversations about, OK, receiving money that helps you do your events, but also the fact that you maintain kind of creative control mm -hmm. over the events that you're actually running. Right. So I can kind of relate to that some. So maybe like extrapolating from that a bit, does that does it in your work, do you think about like transparency and kind of, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, like, I mean, people with even with our events that we do at the Kegley Institute, right, people um, are well within their rights to have different opinions and different valuations of what we do. And, and sometimes we get criticism for, say, speakers we bring in mm -hmm. and sometimes we get praise for speakers we bring in or events we're doing. Right. And that's for me, that's all part of the process. But I've kind of thought about um, trying to be as open and collaborative and engaging as possible is one way to be positive about those disagreements that are always going to come about. So how do you think about that as, as a leader of an organization? Like, I mean, obviously you're never going to please everybody. So, um, you know, how do you respond to criticism? Yeah. Like, you know, like what's, how do you think about those things? Yeah. You know? So, so that was something that's got us thinking because in the past um, we were kind you know, we were just very, we, we didn't really open up. 
-hmm. but it wasn't that we didn't open up because we didn't want to it was because mm -hmm. we weren't really invited to these spaces mm -hmm. um now people started to learn more about south current soul and i think i'm taking these opportunities to talk to them about what we do how we do the work we do and why we publish the stories that we publish yeah and so one of the i had a very amazing opportunity a few weeks ago the Bakersfield College Student Government Association. Mm -hmm. So it's made up of youth, of student, or Bakersfield College students. They invited me and to be a speaker at their Powered Lunch series. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very nice to be there. And the professor was there too. Yeah. And um, it was nice to see him. And I, and I really, you know, it, it was very cool to see him there. And I, I took the opportunity to explain what South Crensol is. Yeah. Because I think that for a long time, we just didn't really think we just didn't really get there right i think where we are now we need to it's important to make sure that people know how we do this how we recruit our students yeah so that so that they know that you know we're we're, we're youth-led organization just yeah. looking to amplify youth voice yeah that's what we do right got you that's helpful um and it also for me is interesting because it makes me think you know you know in a leadership position you're you're always evolving, right? You're always learning new things. You're always trying to make your organization better and, and more understandable to your community, which I think is is valuable insight, right? I think sometimes people have the idea that you kind of get it figured out and like, here's what we are and this is it. But, you know, that's often not the experience, right? You're constantly learning new things. Yeah, we're constantly mm -hmm. learning and, and, and also changing, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you get a grant that you know, there's different grants, grant opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it doesn't cause us, it doesn't make us change so much, but but we're never done learning. Mm -hmm. When I came into South Kern Soul in 2013, it was um, I was their youth coordinator. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my goal was to one day become the executive director, and that didn't happen until about two and a half years ago, mm -hmm. which is really cool because now we have a little bit more control over how we, you know, more mm -hmm. more control in Kern County, and we mm -hmm. know that it's Kern counties and all the money stays here that we mm -hmm. get, and um, so we're super happy that that's that 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 we're here but it there's there's more to learn and i'm yeah. open to learning and and i love this work and yeah. i want to be in it for a while and um we'll see what happens next fantastic so uh Raina, we have uh our lightning round which is five questions that are just fun questions um you can pass if you if you'd like oh, to but um the first question we have is what was the last book you read the last book I really, really read would probably be Malcolm X. Okay, his autobiography? Um, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's the last one. Awesome. Um, you are a CSUB alum. Uh, what was your favorite class as a university student? Um, Kent Price. I took uh, Political Science 101 with him. Uh -huh. I think he's the reason why I ended up um, going into political science, but I absolutely loved him and the way he teaches. What, what was it about his teaching style that you liked so much? He was funny. He was funny, and he did it in class. It wasn't boring there. Uh -huh. He he um he would really give real world experiences, and so it wasn't like a classroom where you came in and there was a teacher with a PowerPoint presentation, you know. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that that's what made it fun. And then he was also very accessible. Mm -hmm. So we could come in and talk to him after classroom. He always had a big smile on his face, mm -hmm. and I really appreciated that. Awesome. Next question is, um, if you could have dinner with anyone past or present, who would it be and why? I would have dinner with Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool just to kind of talk about how he sees the world, you know, how he, mm -hmm. see, he, he sees the world and see how we could support each other. Mm -hmm. 
what is your favorite thing about living in Bakersfield? Um, it's just that I could be anywhere, anywhere in 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I get frustrated when there's traffic, but <laughs> because we're not used to that in Bakersfield, yeah. but um, that's my favorite thing, just that yeah. there's no lag time between home and work and right. meeting. Very easy and accessible, mm-hmm. it's true. Um, last question. If you had a magic wand and you can make one change tomorrow in our community, um, what would it be? Ooh, that's a very good question. I would, I don't know, I would give power to the people, to the most mm-hmm. vulnerable communities that we have. I would just give it back, mm-hmm. give that power back, because mm-hmm. I think it's been absent from, from those communities. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and um, to share kind of your insight and your from your leadership and your experience. And uh, thanks so much for the work that you do with South Kern Soul as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. And um, really excited to to be here. In our next episode, we'll be interviewing two of our Wendy Wayne awardees. They will be honored at this year's ninth annual Wendy Wayne Ethics Awards on March 25th at Seven Oaks Country Club, sponsored by Kaiser Permanente and Adventist Health. Tickets can be purchased at www.csub.edu/wendy. We hope you could join us. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.